Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good morning, Birds fans. It's time for a Thursday edition of Birds 365. Less than 80 hours now to the countdown with the showdown for the Eagles and the 49ers at Lincoln Financial Field. 425 kickoff on Sunday. We're all looking forward to it. And we'll keep you informed and we'll give you our takes for the next couple hours here on Birds 365 with McMullen on McDonald. Um John, don't usually go there to start the show, but I'm going to do it today because uh, they've already got me annoyed, uh, our streamers. Uh, <laughs> one of our streaming guys, The Real Deal, decided to check in this morning. And let, let me just give you his two early contributions to the show. Uh, looking forward to hearing Jody's fake take. Okay, fake that's, take. All right. Fake take. That's number one. And then his second tweet was his second uh, uh, stream in comment was thought Debo is a dope for any saying anything about an NFL peer. So let me get this straight. He's got a problem with Debo Samuel because he's speaking his mind. Now I think Debo's wrong. I think James Bradbury is far from trash, but he's certainly allowed his opinion. But he can have his opinion on me that I'm just fake taking you every single day here on Birds 365. I'm making stuff up as I go along just to get your. Uh, well, you know, if you're going to get upset about hypocrisy, Jody, 
Yeah, I am. I sorry. I I can't. That's that's built into it. I I you know. Hey, I'm not going to crit. You know, I used to be much more combative when it came to commenters, but yeah, I I turned the corner there. I've learned my lesson, but it but it took a while. I admit. Um, they're going to say what they're going to say. Brian Johnson kind of said this last week. I mean. It's absurd people criticize Brian Johnson and ask him to be fired at halftime of a 9-1 team. That is literally absurd. But, you know, people do what they do. And, um, you know, sometimes it's tougher than others. But, you know. And everybody, the the way I look at it, everybody's got their right to be wrong. I'm wrong a lot as a matter of Oh, yeah. Everybody's got the right to an opinion. As stupid as it may be, you got the right right to it. Nobody's arguing that. But but being wrong and being hypocritical are two different things. You can just flat out be wrong. It happens. I am wrong all the time. But don't be a hypocrite about it. Uh, At at least if you got a story, stick to it. Don't be going back and forth. Don't don't say one thing and then do another. That I'm going to call on the carpet. Sorry, Mac. One thing they've learned about one thing I've learned about hypocrites is they tend not to know they're hypocrites. So it, I don't well, think that's it's, why you try and point it yeah. out to them, big guy. I, I don't try to educate, try to help them learn. Well, I always say you try to elevate, don't try to dumb it down. Always try to elevate, but uh, well, that's um, yeah, I, I, that's what I'm you doing. know, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, they don't know. They don't know. Well, it's the, like, only, yeah, the, only, like, the only way you can educate is by pointing it out. If uh, you just ignore it, then you never. Nobody's ever going to become educated. We. Try well, and... I would say good luck on changing their minds. I, well, okay, yeah, I'll take a shot, even if it uh, fails. You got to take your shot every once in a while, right? Shoot your shot, yeah. Shoot your shot. Exactly. And the Eagles are going to shoot theirs against the 49ers this week. Uh, two big things over the last 24 hours for the Eagles. Number one is. Injury update. Now, they are estimations. They are not written in stand. We, like I just said, we have 80 hours till the game, and a lot of uh, things can come down in 80 hours. I would say mixed news yesterday from the Eagles, quote-unquote, estimation of injuries. The one that, uh, for me, is the most important and or you can read the most into, and it's not necessarily great, is that Fletcher Cox didn't practice. Now, Fletcher is one of your veteran guys. Fletcher is well into his 30s. It could be injury slash rest slash precaution with Fletcher. None of us really know. But a couple of other Eagles who were injured did at least get the designation of limited participation yesterday and every wide receiver of consequence. We have a funny thing. Quez was the only one who went full practice yesterday. The return of Quez. At least he was healthy to be designated a full practice guy. Uh, not so for Devante, not so for AJ, not so for Julio Jones. So read into that what you will. But the fl- fact that Fletcher didn't participate at all yesterday, good, bad, or indifferent news, John. Um, I yeah, it's not well, it's not good. Uh, but I do think you know today's the key day. If he's out there at least in a limited fashion, I I think it's a very good sign. Um, they're going to practice, actually practice today. No estimation, so. I, I think today's the big day when it comes to Fletcher. Um, if he doesn't practice at all, that's a very bad sign. If he's even limited, I would say that's a very good sign. That's an indication to try to manage him through the week because, as you mentioned, he's a veteran guy, knows his body, knows how to play. He doesn't need much practice during the week. So as long as he's doing something, I would say it's a very good sign. He's doing nothing. 
I would say it's a bad sign. The other four guys who didn't practice yesterday, they're not going to play. So, um, you know, that's kind of uh, – and Zach Cunningham. Dallas Goddard wants to play. Right. I caught up with Dallas and Grant Calcaterra yesterday, and they are both very honest, which is rare. <clears throat> Dallas wanted to play in Kansas City. Um, and I was talking to him last year about with his broken bone in his shoulder – the same thing happened. He was like, he wants to play. He wants to play. And they wanted, they had a certain frame. They want, you know, fractures have to heal. So you need a certain amount of time. And the Eagles put a four week. He told me they put, they want to let it heal for four weeks. And four weeks would be the day after uh, the game against the 49ers. So, and he also kind of mentioned, you know, we're not in danger of not being in the playoffs. So he kind of intimated if it was a, a must have game, maybe he'd play, maybe they'd let him. He's certainly lobbying, but I would, if I were a betting man, I'm going to say they're going to hold him out again and he'll be back for Dallas uh, at Dallas. Ironically, Dallas at Dallas. And then Grant Calcaterra confirmed he had a high ankle sprain, which is worse than a low ankle sprain. Now, he's out of the walking boot, but you need a little bit more time with a high ankle sprain. So I, I think both of those guys aren't going to play. Zach Cunningham's not going to play. Um, hamstring issue. And Justin Evans, we might, you know, remember they started his practice window. So, it, it, and he's not practicing. So something right. happened. And, and uh, just so, uh, again, we're attempting to educate. Educate me, educate our streamers. The rules, if in the 21 days, if you're not good enough, re-injury, miscalculation uh, as to when you're going to come back, uh, what happens thereafter if you're not ready to be activated in 21 days? Yeah, you, you have to go back on IR, and that's uh, that's a, a, a stipulation that you can't come back, that you're done for the season. Done for the year. Yeah, so um, I think, unfortunately, that's the way it's headed, it seems. Uh, with Justin Evans, um, I suppose some, I haven't talked to him specifically about it, but clearly something happened because he was practicing and now he's not. So, um, I don't think that's a good sign. Yeah. Re-injury, re-aggravation, whatever it was, but that is a uh, you know, bad sign. And they made a move the other day and it was either to clear up a roster spot. Oh, well, releasing Josiah Scott. And I read yeah. into that, okay, Justin Evans must be getting that much closer. He's going to get activated. And then we find out yesterday he's not practicing. After he'd already come back, they opened up his window and he had practice. Now he's not practicing again. So I read into that wrong. That seems to be more of a, we better open a spot in case we sign Shaq Leonard. And no, apparently that's not going to happen either. Don't go into a panic, Eagle fans. He hasn't signed with Dallas either. Apparently Shaq's going to take the weekend, going to go home, yeah. contemplate, weigh everything that was said in his two visits, both here in Dallas and Philadelphia, then make a call. I thought it was very interesting yesterday <clears throat> with Sirianni talking about him that he said he's called him personally a couple of times since he's been released. They have a good enough relationship from when they were at the Colts together that he can call him directly and, and shoot the breeze with him. And Nick was in full um, the, trying to secure his services mode yesterday, recruiting mode yesterday. He didn't want to overpush it. He didn't want to oversell it. He didn't want, well, of course you got to come here. If you want a ring, you got to be an eagle. No, he didn't go there. 
He said, Shaq is a good person, a smart person, and he'll do what's best for him, uh, which I think is exactly the way to play it. If I were Syriana, I would have played it exactly the same. So good on the coach because he's handling it quite well. We said when he didn't sign with Dallas the other day, you can't let him get out of town. You got to get him signed. You got to keep him in town. Get it done. They didn't. Shame on the Cowboys. Well, the Eagles had the same chance yesterday, and they didn't get his name on a contract either, and he left town again. So we're right back to where we were 48 hours ago. I don't know which way he's going to go. Is it going to be more about money? Is it going to be about the team that's got a better chance to win a championship? I don't know. You want to take a guess or speculate, Johnny Mac? Yeah, I, I, I've said from the start, I think he's going to sign with the Eagles because of that prior relationship, but I don't know him. So, I mean, everybody's different. And as you mentioned, like, uh, hey, does he like facilities? He's going to pick Dallas. Does he like weather? He's going to pick Dallas. Does he like taxes? He's going to pick Dallas. Does he want to win closer? Does he want value that relationship? He's going to pick the Eagles. So it's kind of you're picking. Uh, everybody's different. Everybody has uh, – uh, uh, different things they want, different things they need. Um, but one thing, and I said this yesterday on the show, um, he's very close to Josina Anderson. Josina said this is exactly what was going to happen. He was going to visit both teams, and he was going to take time and make a decision over the weekend. So that is held true. Uh, so it's not necessarily about Dallas letting them get out of the building or the Eagles letting them get out of the building. This was his plan, and that's why I said, with that spot with Josiah Scott, it, it wasn't about just bringing in Shaq Leonard. It was about elevating most likely Ben Van Sumer, and they can't elevate him from the practice squad. He's out of uh, um, elevation. Elevations, so right. promoting him from the practice squad because they need somebody to back up at linebacker for this week. Um, so that's probably going to be uh, Ben's spots uh, for at least the short term. Um, and if they do sign Shaq Leonard, he'll start on the practice squad, just like Julio Jones. And that's sort of a new thing in the NFL. And it's a wink, wink thing. It's a, he knows he's going to be elevated for every game until they get him on the 53 man roster, but they have that extra three weeks and you don't have to worry about anybody else pilfering him because it's a wink, wink deal. He's that he's here for a reason. If he decides the Eagles, um, and He's not going to leave for another team. So you don't have to worry about that part of the practice. Now, let, let me ask about that, John, because um, uh, I think I understand it, but I don't know all the contractual facts on it. If you're on the practice, is there such a thing as a split contract in the NFL? No. That, no. So you're either on the practice squad or you're on the 53. Yes. So yes. on weeks that you're elevated – do you are you guaranteed the NFL minimum or if your contract says you're because you can only sign so much money for the practice squad you can't have a contract that is uh, above and beyond I guess you could have a handshake deal that when you get elevated you're immediately going to go to this salary but that would be a handshake not written in stone if you can't put it into the contract that you're paid X amount because Shaq Leonard's going to get paid more than the veteran minimum whenever he comes up, whenever he plays, even if it's on an elevation week rather than an on the roster week, how do they do that contractually? Um, well, yeah, it, it, for the younger players, remember they changed the practice squad rules a couple of years ago where you can carry, I think six veterans. So there's different levels of, of contracts, um, for, for the younger guys where it matters. Yeah. When they get like Ben, uh, they get an NFL game check when they get elevated. Um, 
and then the practice squad contract is lower. Uh, in the case of Julio, or they agree to a deal, and that's what they get paid, and that's what they get paid on both sides of it. Right, um, but is there a cap? I, I I thought I knew that there was a cap to the even uh, no matter how long a veteran you've been, there's a cap as to how much you can p- get paid any week on the practice squad. So um, there is uh, uh, there was a cap. I'm not sure if it's still there. I can look into that with the veteran guys. There's a there's a definitely a cap with the uh, the younger guys, the under, um, uh, you know, four years, one year, two year yeah. experience. Um, there's definitely a cap with those guys. The veteran guys, I don't know if there is a cap. That's a good question. Yeah, I, think I, I, think, I think I read that no matter who it is, there's, there's a cer- only a certain amount you can take. The highest possible you can make for being on this track. Well, it definitely used to be it. that way, but I'm not sure. They changed the rules last year, I think, when you can bring in, <clears throat> excuse me, six uh, veteran players on the practice squad. Like, doesn't matter. It could be a 15-year veteran. Um, which was the first time you had to um, have less than the practice squad when it originally started. You have to have less than two years out right. of You experience. had to be young. You had to be, now, be a veteran. Yeah. Now you can bring 15-year veteran like Julio's, uh, not that long, but you can put anybody on the practice squad. So it changed last year. I'll ask Joel Corey. He's my sort of guy with that stuff. Um, yeah. um, but it, clearly because of, you know, how they manipulate things. with, And it's not just the Eagles. You know, Julio's getting his money, and there's a wink-wink deal. So maybe there's a bookkeeping trick. That I don't know. Is Julio still being elevated? No, he's on the roster. Yeah, that's what I thought. But he he started on the practice. Right. And uh, they got the three elevations in. All right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. The Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We got two good guests coming your way today. The first of which I see is in our green room. Get ready to jump aboard with us. Uh, John Stolness, Bleeding Green Nation, Eye on the Enemy podcast. One of our favorite guests. We haven't had John in a couple of weeks. He's getting over a cold, so we're going to push his voice uh, on the air today. And maybe he'll scream at me like the real zeal didn't. Tell me I got fake takes, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, John Stone is Bleeding Green Nation. Guest number one up next here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. McDonald and McMullen here with you on Birds 365. John Stolis from Bleeding Green Nation and the Eye on the Enemy podcast. Our guest for hour number one on this Thursday leading into the 49ers Eagles. First of all, John, how's the voice? You tell me. Sound all right now? You sound oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> you got your broadcast voice ready to go. You sound yeah. better yeah. than me. That's damn sure. Yeah, yeah like the first how, two days. How after, bad was it? Yeah, I was at like 30%. So like wow. it would have been I I was really straining to get anything audible out for a couple of days there but yeah what do you describe this give me a percent on this oh we're we're near point. 90 95 98% I was going to say yeah. because that's a hell of a lot better than Jody and I yeah <laughs> that's sounds like true. an actual broadcaster John Stallman yes. hey it's the microphone that's what that uh, is. very good um that's a shot at the uh, the Jacob Media equipment we have you better be careful um <laughs> All right, uh, 49ers coming to town. A lot has been made of the 49ers whining, and they earned it. They they deserve it because <laughs> a lot of too many guys, we would have won the game if Brock Purdy had paid, which is an overstatement. And, of course, in both towns, it's being made a big deal. They asked James Bradbury about it yesterday because Debo Samuel was foolish enough to call him trash. Uh, Debo's not the smartest guy who ever came down the pike. Um what kind of an effect does it actually have on the game? It's great for us here in the media. It's great for the fans. Everybody loves it. Mm-hmm. Good, bad blood flowing under that river is always a good thing. What kind of an effect does it have when they actually kick off the 425? I think that it has some effect. To what degree, I'm I'm not sure. But, I mean, we've seen it. Some players are able to take bulletin board stuff and they're able to get allowed to get themselves some sort of extra motivation. Um, I think in the 49ers case, I think they're coming into this game and you can go too far on that end. Like you can go too far in seeking revenge for losing in the NFC championship game last year and really losing in a way where they didn't think they had a fair shot at it. Um, you know, it ignores the fact that both of their lines got pushed around the entire game. Uh, so you could certainly make an argument, and I certainly get why the, why 49ers fans and why the players feel like they didn't get a true 
shot at it. It wasn't necessarily because anything dirty happened or anything. It was just, just the way the ball bounced that day. But I, I think that the 49ers are in danger of kind of overplaying this, of getting themselves too worked up. And I get, you know, the question that I really am, am wondering about is like, if the 49ers win this game, what does it mean for them, right? And for the 49ers, it means, hey, they move one step closer to the one seed. They kind of get a little monkey off their back. But it doesn't really, I don't think it really changes anything huge in, in, in where we're seeing the Eagles and the 49ers in terms of the hierarchy. They probably meet again in the playoffs, and then we get round three. The 49ers lose this game the way they've built it up in their minds. What does that do? To them, and that's the big question I have. Like, if, if the 49 if the Eagles beat the 49ers, how crushing is that? Giving everything we're hearing from Debo Samuel, everything we heard about last year in the NFC, there's no excuse this time. If they lose, if they come into Philadelphia and lose, and then they fall three games, there's no way they're hosting a playoff game against Philadelphia if they lose here on on Sunday afternoon. So, um, that's that will be fascinating to see if if that happens. Like, can I, John? Can I jump in? Because sure. you made a great point. I want to ask follow up. Um, I think that's spot-on analysis for after the fact that the game is over, win or lose for the 49ers. But how about heading in? Yeah. Because Al Morgani almost sold me on Sunday. I was doing a show with him on WIP, and he actually picked the Bills. I was picking Eagles all along. That nothing was going to be said was going to change my mind. But Al said he picked Buffalo because they were the more desperate team. Hmm. And it's a an overtime game if the Eagles have to take a field goal just to get tied and then have to go the length of the field to win. So it wasn't like the Eagles crushed the Bills. They beat them, but it was as close as you could possibly get. And Al said desperation was the reason why he gave Buffalo a shot. The way you laid it out, 49ers are certainly the more desperate team coming into the game. If they lose, yeah. they're screwed. You're right. I, I agree right. 100% with you on that. But can they win because they need it more, they want it more? I think if you, we've all been watching Eagles football for a very long time, I go back to the buddy Ryan days. You guys, I know go back further than that. And it's, we have never seen a quarterback and a head coach that seem to be impervious to that sort of thing. Like we have seen with Jalen hurts and Nick Sirianni. So yeah, I would have said any other Eagles team during any other era, any other season, the 49ers have a definite advantage coming into this game specifically because of the desperation factor. Just like I thought last week, there was a really good chance that the Eagles could suffer a letdown game. Short week, out-of-conference opponent, you know, coming off a dramatic um, energy-draining win over the defending Super Bowl champions. They get their they get their revenge game back, and now you've got a short week against a, a really good Bills team that's desperate. It was all set up for the Eagles to lose, and they didn't. They didn't lose. Matter of fact, they came back and won one of the most breathtaking wins we've ever seen this franchise have in regular season play. So... I just I don't think that applies to this group of players, to this team. I just don't. And they've proven it over and over again. They're so talented, and I think they are so well coached that if you get past the initial burst of energy, I think that we're going to see from the 49ers, eventually they just they're inevitable. They just start to they hit a big play, and then the line starts to take control. And then if you come in with all of that emotion as the 49ers and you start to get pushed back you get demoralized and then the snowball starts rolling. So it can work both ways if you're the more desperate team. Mm -hmm. And I, for the Eagles, I've just haven't seen anything from Jalen Hurts or Nick Sirianni that would tell me they're going to lose to another team because they have more emotion or because they're more desperate. I like that word, John. You used inevitable. That seems to be what it's been for this Eagles, with the exception of Josie's Jets. Yeah, we give everybody a <laughs> mulligan. Um and that was uncharacteristic with the late turnover. But 
that was a bad first half, man. That was as yeah. bad as it gets. They were booed off the field. I got so many fire Brian Johnson comments in my social media. That was bad. And I've never seen a team that just really everybody talks about it, right? Jalen made that famous quote about blushing it, but they do it. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't care. Yeah. And everybody, you watch other games. And unfortunately, I go back to that Monday night game, which everybody was poking their eyes out if they tried to get through it. And if you're having a bad game, you have a bad game. That's sort of the way it goes. With the Eagles, it's like it could be bad, 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 then bang, big play. And as you said, the snowball starts going down the hill, and you're like, oh, here they come, this again. It's pretty amazing. And I, I call it relentless. Jalen Hurts is like a great cornerback. He forgets everything. Yeah. Forgets every crappy play. But I go back to that coaching you bought because I love Kyle Shanahan as a play caller and a play designer. I don't love him as a head coach. I think Nick Sirianni is a very good head coach. Jody knows I love CEO coaches. And I go back to that Kansas City game. You guys were talking about. What does it mean? And Nick said all week, they're not giving their rings back. All it is is about winning this game. And I think it's the same thing with San Francisco. If they win this game, guess what? The Eagles are still NFC champions last year. Yeah. So there's only so much you can do. But I don't know if Kyle Shanahan Shanahan can impart that to his players. I think the Eagles have a big advantage there. Yeah, I mean, after the game last year, can you imagine if the Eagles had lost in a similar fashion to the 49ers, that Eagles players would have been whining and complaining in the same way that the 49ers no. players did? They, it no. wouldn't have happened because that's not the culture that Nick Sirianni has in, has established and that really the Jalen Hurts has established in that locker room. And and that's that really it's such a huge difference that you can't quantify, right? There's there's no there's no metric, there's no equation for that. And football is a, a weird sport in that It really involves um, because it's it's such a physical game because it's such a grinded out game, um, and each week is 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 a battle. So you know, I I think the Eagles do an amazing job, and it really does. It's amazing how Jalen Hurts can just be unfazed by everything, good and bad. You know, he doesn't get too high in the good moments either. He's just so yeah. even keel, and he has such an ability to at the same time just take it moment by moment. But also see the big picture ahead to, to to know, hey, we're we're not playing great. And Johnny, I don't know. If let's be honest. The Eagles cannot continue to trail at halftime every yeah. single week. Well, that was the part. And are are you getting John's a little slow for me? I can never tell who's who's. It could be me. It could be you, Jody. It could be John. I can never tell. Uh, yeah. No. Are I you getting breaking up? Yeah. Yeah. Sandra, can you uh, try to take John out and try to get him back? I can never tell. That's the one thing about streaming. Like, right. we can never tell. It might be my connection. might be your connection. might be John's connection. I don't know. But to me, he was he was chopping up. He was definitely breaking up. So let me put this to you while we try and get John back. Uh, I did see a comment on the stream. The 49ers, just like the Cowboys, uh, they beat up on the bad team. But when they face a good team, that three-game losing streak, they lost three games. No. No, they beat the, they beat the snot out of the Cowboys. Yeah. They took the Cowboys to the woodshed and beat them silly. Yeah. And they beat the Jaguars, who 
are eight and three. Uh, and they beat them silly, I might add. Um the the difference is look, Eagles fans, don't 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 turn yourself into gymnastics. There are issues where they were playing without Trent Williams, who's a Hall of Fame player, not a Pro Bowl player, not an all pro player, a Hall of Fame player. And they're playing without Debo Samuel, who I know is uh enemy number one in Philadelphia this week, but he's a damn good player. And when those two guys are on the field, along with Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, they're undefeated. Right. And if you're looking for a comparison, yeah, take A.J. Brown and Jason Kelsey out of the Eagles lineup. If you don't think there'd be a drop-off because those two guys aren't playing, you're kidding yourself. And that's what the 49ers were attempting to do without Debo Samuel and without uh, Trent Williams. All right, let's give Johnny Stolness another try here. Hopefully the connection is better. Uh, John, we didn't get a chance to hear everything you had to say, and now I'm trying to remember what the. Man, it was is. great. It, you missed. Yeah, it was. Uh, that, no, I. It, it was about, and you're right. You were talking about you can't keep playing like this. Yeah. At 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 halftime, and you're right. If they play like they played in in Kansas City and against Buffalo, I don't think they're winning this game. Um. So, and I think you saw Jalen Hurts after the Bills game kind of intimate that he's never going to come out and say it, but you saw him being more self-reflective and he was he, i think he called it weird was the word he used um they got to tighten some things up i so i hand them their flowers but i think that's that's fair to say would you agree uh, i would and i think too you mentioned brian johnson everybody wanting brian johnson's head and certainly it's been frankly i think brian johnson's first year as a play caller has gone better than i thought it was going to go i mean we wondered if could he call plays could he figure it out he's done one thing He's done a very good job at, you know, changing things midstream, halftime adjustments, figuring out, hey, this didn't work in the first half. Let's try some some different things. And he's not perfect. He gets into some series where he makes some play calls. And what are you doing, man? I think the big problem for this team, especially over the last couple of weeks, but in general, has been the game plan coming in. And I think that's on Nick Sirianni, too. I don't think Nick Sirianni gets enough blame. Uh, for Nick, the early heavily involved in the game plan. Yeah, right. I'd and so if, if that's slow getting out of the gate, if they're having all kinds of issues in the first half where the offense is just, you're wondering what is the play call? Nothing's working. That's on Nick Sirianni too. And, and he kind of doesn't get the, the blame for that the way Brian Johnson does, but you know, that has to be spread around a little bit. And Nick Sirianni has to do a better job of having a game plan that's ready and some backup plans earlier in games, like they can't, you can't take two, two and a half quarters to figure out what's going to work. Otherwise, against a team with a with an offense as good as the 49ers, you might find yourself down more than 17-7. It might be 28 to 7 by the time you figure it out. And the thing that scares me more about the 49ers, as a matter of fact, their defense. You fall behind three touchdowns. Their defense not gonna their offense. Yeah may get more, but their defense may shut you down. The Bills let you get back into that game. Their good, not great defense helped the Eagles be able to get back and tie that game. All right, speaking of uh, picking up on things early, last week, first half, when they struggled badly on offense, they tried to incorporate all three backs. That kind of, I don't know where Boston Scott was back in the rotation. Austin. And his runs were bad. I'm not trying to point the finger at guilt. I think he tried, and he actually made a couple plays, but it didn't lend itself to the Eagles moving the ball down the field. And in the second half, they pretty much went with their lead running back, and Swift went off and made some great plays and the like. 
do you think they do that again this week? Let's try and get everybody involved early, or do you think they go, listen, DeAndre's our best back. Why are we screwing around with this? We got to mm-hmm. give him the football. How do you think they respond with how they distribute their running back carries this week? As frustrating as it is, I think we're going to continue to see a fair mix of Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott. And, you know, we'll continue to look for Rashad Penny on the milk cartons and, and see where, where he is. But um, you're He's right. Not <laughs> He's not playing. And I go, OK, yeah. all right. You guys know more than I do. Um, but, you know, with with DeAndre Swift, I think he's more effective when um, he isn't toting the rock 20 to 25 times. I mean, it could be that he's really effective late in games because he's not getting overused early in games. But I think again, with these, especially these next couple games coming, coming up against the 49ers and against the Cowboys, these are two monstrously huge games. You want your best players getting the ball as much as possible. I would implore <laughs> Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson, please use DeAndre Swift as much as you can. I understand bringing in Kenny Gainwell. If you want to have a running back in there for blitz pickups and, and the like, but he's got to be getting 80% of the touches out of the running back position coming this week. And you mix in a Boston Scott here and there. You want to give Kenny a couple of touches here and there. Absolutely. Makes total sense. You don't want to over, you don't want to wear out DeAndre Swift, but this, these two games are two games where you need your very best players to have their hands on the ball as much as possible. And that's DeAndre Swift. It's not Kenny Gainwell and it's not Boston Scott. Um, and it's not going to be Dallas Goddard. I, I think I was talking to Jody and he's probably going to be out for one more week and then he will return at Dallas. That's the feeling I got from talking at Dallas, uh, yesterday. It's been interesting. So if you look at, um, last year when he was out for those five games, they, um, got some other people involved. Um, and this year I thought it was going to be Julio Jones's time to shine. Well, he had two targets in Kansas City. He had two receptions for five yards, uh, both bubble screens. Uh, this time it was three <laughs> three targets for one catch for zero yards on a bubble screen. They haven't gotten him involved at all. Jack Stoll, we know he caught one pass and two targets both games. He is what he is. He's a blocker. And Alameda Zacchaeus. He had one target in Kansas City, didn't catch it. He had one target um, uh, against the Bills, and it was the big play. But let's be honest, that's complete schoolyard football. That's Mm -hmm. not him getting involved in the offense. That's him and Jalen making a play when things break down. And then Jody's favorite, Quez Watkins, was back. But nobody knew he was back, but he played. I think he is, was sharing time on the milk carton with Rashad Penny. <laughs> is is well, he's at least a little bit better. He he actually gets to play, but he, yeah, um, sideline. I, I I is it? Do you worry about that, or is it just like all right? They can't cover Devontae, so this is Devontae's week. So we're just getting the football to Devontae. Do people worry too much about balance? Is what I'm trying to say because early it was AJ Brown. They couldn't mm-hmm. cover AJ Brown. They can't cover Devontae Smith. So why am I worried about getting Julio Jones involved? Is that the way it should be looked at? Yeah, I know. I think I think whack-a-mole offense is fine. You know, if 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 Devontae if Devontae Smith is the guy that they're leaving open so they can put two guys on on AJ Brown, as long as AJ Brown isn't getting so frustrated that he's, you know, winging his helmet at, at some onto the ground or whatever, you know, then I think you do what you got to do. Throw to the open man, whoever that is. And if you're if you're like Andy Reid and you've set up your 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 play design so that eight different guys 
get a get a target and a reception within the first half of a football game. Great. If you're moving the ball and you're scoring touchdowns and you're keeping teams off balance that way, that's great. You just, I think you just do what it, do whatever it takes to win. And you can get so lost in the, oh, we're not getting, I, I, it is weird that they haven't figured out a way to get Julio Jones the football other than these going nowhere bubble screens. That, that's they just got to, with Julio Jones, that's not his, his game at this point in his career. Um, but I don't really know what is. I don't know where he fits into this offense. I don't know, like, is he a slot receiver? It doesn't seem like he's comfortable doing that. Uh, is he, can he be an outside guy? Well, if you do that, then you're taking snaps away from A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, which you obviously don't want to do. So uh, that's been a weird fit. And, and Zacchaeus, I think, when he's played, he's actually, he's made some big first downs. When he gets targets, he usually hauls them in. I just feel like first half of games, they don't know where to go with the football. And that's kind of the issue is I think maybe some of these other guys are open and maybe Jalen isn't seeing them or he's not getting the protection that he needs. Or, you know, you get a couple of penalties here, all of a sudden you're in first and 15, second and 15. And, you know, now the defense can sit back and, and key in on guys. And so it's just been these last couple weeks, especially have been weird, but I don't think you need to force feed the ball to certain players make sure certain guys get certain numbers of targets. Just if guys open, throw it. And that's, I think what they're, I think that's what Jalen's philosophy is. And it, it's worked enough. You'd like to see it work a little bit more throughout four whole quarters, which we really haven't seen this passing game do yet this year, have four quarters of consistent play. All right. I want to flip to the other side of the ball on the defense, John. Um, way back when, during summer practices with the Philadelphia Eagles, Christian Ellis picked off a couple of passes and uh, there was excitement that Christian Ellis could yeah. be a contributor shorts shorts, to the Philadelphia Eagles. He was a shorts warrior, correct? <laughs> now, all of a sudden, Christian Ellis filling in for Zach Cunningham, which if you'd asked me in August, Zach Cunningham, big loss for the Philadelphia Eagles. Didn't see that one coming either. But it is a reality as of right now. Christian on Christian crime this week. McCaffrey <laughs> against Ellis. Which Christian you got? And you can't choose the lion. You must choose a Christian. I mean, if there is anybody who picks Christian Ellis in that matchup, you're you're on something. Uh, McCaffrey is an MVP candidate. He's the best player on that team. Christian Ellis is going to need help. Um, but I don't know what they're going to be able to do to help. I mean, Sidney Brown's probably going to have to jump in and provide some support there. Um, you know, it's going to be an all hands on deck thing to try and keep him under wraps. And there have been in their three losses this year, the 49ers three losses. I know they were without a couple of uh, key players. Like you guys talked about while I was, while my internet was regrouping, um, they didn't run the ball. Well, They, they shut Christian McCaffrey down. That's the key to beating this 49ers team. It's not necessarily stopping Ayuk. It's not necessarily stopping Debo and, and Brock Purdy. It's keeping Christian McCaffrey under wraps in the running game. And thankfully the Eagles have the best rush defense in the NFL, but I know that they're going to need to get creative in order to try and stop McCaffrey from, from running the ball all over them. And I don't think Christian Ellis is the guy to do that. I hope I am pleasantly surprised. I, I hope he shows up and he's more physical than we think. He's quicker than we think. He's smarter than we think for a guy of his um, ability and for, you know, his, his experience level. But that is a big matchup worry that if you're picking the 49ers to win this game, that is a matchup that you're keying on and saying that this, it's wildly out of proportion in favor of the 49ers. So that's what I was going to ask you, John. So I think you just answered it, but I'll 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 try to focus it in. If you're Sean Desai and 
Dennis Hopper's looking at you. I'm going old school here and say, mm-hmm. all right, what do you do, Hotshot? What are you taking away first? Um, Christian? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and then it trickles down. Let's pretend um, pretend you, you shut down Christian McCaffrey. Well, then what do you do with Debo and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk? Um, it, 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 from that perspective, because you're right, the Eagles have been tremendous uh, against the run. Uh, people look at the last couple weeks. They were a little bit shaking Kansas City. But last week it was all Josh Allen. It wasn't the running backs. The running backs were under three yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't get going at all. Um, so if they are able to shut it down, and Milton Williams is going to be back. We'll see about Fletcher. Um, but still, San Francisco can just, they're like the Eagles. It's almost like the Eagles get to see how the other half lives. All right, if you shut down this, we're going to take this, and this mm-hmm. guy's a big playmaker. Shutting down the San Francisco offense has to be done the same way they did it in the NFC championship game. You just, you've got to get into Brock Purdy's face. You get the defensive line has to win against the 49ers offensive line. And thankfully that is one of, that is one of the matchups. That is the weakness. weakness That favors Philadelphia. And you know, we, if, if hopefully those, hopefully Milton and and Fletch are both, are both playing and, and you can get that rotation back. So you're not forcing Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter who played heroically last week with all those snaps. It was really unbelievable, but getting that rotation going, you see it really come into effect like midway through the third quarter and into the fourth quarter when the Eagles rushers are still really fresh and the offensive line is, is wearing down. Uh, that's when, that's why the Eagles have been so good at like those closeout sacks at the end of games. Like they're just, they can just come at you in waves with fresh, healthy, talented players on the defensive line and the offensive line has been playing all game and they just can't hold up to it. And so if you can, if you can stop Christian Ellis, then you're relying on Hassan Reddick. You're relying on uh, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, to get to the quarterback, to to beat the to beat their guys and make Brock Purdy uncomfortable, because like you said last week, Josh Allen had to make a lot of magic happen by himself. Patrick Mahomes has to had to make a lot of magic happen by himself. That's not the kind of quarterback Brock Purdy is. He he's got some he's got some movability in the pocket. He's got good pocket awareness, and he's that's definitely a strength for him. But he's not a guy who's going to, at least up to this point in his career, scramble around and get 15 yards on third and nine running the football. If he, and if he does it, it's a one, it's a one-off. You know, it's not something that you need a spy to keep an eye on Brock Purdy, which you almost needed against Josh Allen last week. So, if you can get pressure, <laughs> if you can get Brock Purdy off his spot, then you don't need to worry as much about oh, we got to cover Debo, we got to cover Ayuk, we got to stick to Kittle. You know, we got to have you got to do those things. But if you can get to Purdy, you can mitigate and minimize the importance of having to have some kind of plan in the secondary to lock those different guys down. And that's where this game's going to be won for the Eagles, just like last year in the NFC Championship game. Hitting Brock Purdy, defensive line has to win against the offensive line in this game. Let me ask you about that defensive line you said come at you in waves. Certainly, we know about their two uh, starting defensive ends and. BG's BG. He's going to make a big play. At some point, he's going to make a big play. He's not going to play a ton of snaps because he just doesn't. They're preserving him. They're not going to put him out there for a great majority of snaps. And then you got Nolan Smith, Mm. who it seems nobody can figure out. Is he just not developing? Did Eagles coaching staff not have faith in him? Derek Barnett doesn't play three weeks in a row. One kind of injury, one kind of DMP coach's decision, then he gets released. What what, what does the wave that is Nolan Smith equate to this week? 
Uh, if he hasn't done much and he hasn't so far, I don't know that this is the week Nolan. I don't think we're calling this the Nolan Smith game. Um, okay. I think. Then, then how do you say they're coming at you in waves when no. it's two guys? Everybody in the National Football League rotates. Well, three. Ends, it looks. Uh, Brandon, okay. don't forget yeah. Brandon. Two and a half. My bad, Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. Only and, oh, that's game. disrespect, to Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> when well, was the last I, time Brandon, you, when was the last time Brandon Graham played more than half the snaps? No, but he's that that's not his role. His role is to close now. And he's as, become a closer. Um, I, I will in, stand in by my sense. two and a half. If you're only playing, oh, he's very good. He's very he good. Oh, it's a great half, but mm-hmm. it's half. No, and that's fair. And I think, you know, it's um you would like to see Nolan Smith get more snaps, especially with Derek. And maybe that's what happens. Maybe that's one of the reasons Derek Barnett kind of moved along. I mean, there are obviously other reasons why, but make some more playing time for, for Nolan and get him into the rotation. Um, use his speed on the outside. I would love to see it this week. I'm not convinced it's it's going to be that way. And you're likely going to see one of the things we've seen from Sean Desai this year is he does blitz more uh, than Jonathan Gannon did. And he does get creative with with bringing uh, Nicholas Morrow in on on blitzes and, and blitzing Sidney Brown, blitzing different safeties and stuff like that. So um, that's another way to generate pressure. But you're right. It's without that. I think you have a lot of a lot of options at the defensive tackle spot. And one of the things I think we saw last week, I saw Jalen Carter lining up on the outside a couple of different times. Yeah. In, in the game. Oh, yeah. And Maybe he got pressure. He got pressure. Player, so he's an amazing player. And so I wouldn't be at all surprised if we start to see that a little bit more in the wake of Brandon Graham's, uh, uh, Derek Barnett's departure. And Milton can do that as well. Yeah. Um, he can move outside as well. Uh, yeah. I'm a little surprised when we talk about that fourth rotate because they clearly won it. They cl- they've looked all over for it, whether it's last year with Robert Quinn, uh, Derek Barnett originally before he tore his ACL this year, they bring Derek back. Um, they're desperately trying to find that fourth guy. And I think you're right, John. They might have it. You just move Jalen Carter, give him a few more snaps outside. Move Milton, give him a few more snaps outside. For some reason, they haven't done that. Now I'm a little surprised because Sean Desai seems willing, more willing to open up his mind to have movable parts. I'm a little mm-hmm. surprised by that. Um, but I'll say this. Typically, and we see this all over the league, not just Philadelphia, Everybody says it's a week-to-week league. So many times you see last week doesn't matter when it comes to this week. Teams play well. They play poorly. In this case, I'm a little bit worried about those snap counts against Buffalo. And as you mentioned, Jalen Carter destroyed his career high. Jordan Davis destroyed his career high due to circumstance. But it is what it is. They played a ton. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is where they have to win the game. If you look at, we were just talking. If you look at PFF, the four worst players on the San Francisco offense are the offensive linemen, not named Trent Williams. They stink. Yeah. You got to take advantage of that. Yeah. And if these guys are gassed because they played a million snaps, that that's a little bit of concern to me. Sure. And and I think that could certainly be an issue. Now they've had a, they don't have a short week this week. They've been, they've had a full week to, to rest and recuperate. They're young. These are young kids. That's and, true. And so, you know, they're, you know, Jalen, Jalen's a rookie. Uh, Jordan's a second year guy. Um, I remember Jordan chasing down Josh Allen last week and just 
gassed yeah, after yeah, it was just, <laughs> which was both amazing and i was like all right i'm done yeah uh, like, 17 miles an hour for, yeah don't expect anything else from me for the rest of the game guys yeah. that was i left it literally left it all on the field um but I think, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to rely. And if I'm going to be optimistic about their chances of, of beating this team, which I am, they're young, they're, they're young bucks. You know, they've um, they, they the young bodies heal and recuperate faster. Um, so while your point is well taken, John, I think I, I think they'll be OK, um, given the fact that uh, that they well, are. It's funny you say that, John, yeah. because, you know, people are talking about Reed Blankenship. Rube has been on this Reed uh, Blankenship kick or friend Ruben Frank. And he played 116 snaps, I think. Mm. I don't worry about it at all. Reed doesn't sweat. His hair right. doesn't get it. He's 23 years old. Yeah. And I'm like, well, who cares, Rube? Who cares? <laughs> He's going to be fine. But with Carter and Davis, they're big guys. Yeah. And they played at Georgia where they rotate like crazy. They never played this level of snaps before. I do think it's a little bit different, but they are young. They should be able to do it. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I sweat Reed Blankenship none because we've seen Malcolm Jenkins played every snap, uh, special yeah. teams, every single snap doesn't matter the defense they're in. He did it. And Malcolm was in his thirties. So I'm not going to worry about Blankenship doing it th at this stage. And I don't have a worry about the Eagles quarterback either. Here's my worry about the Eagles quarterback, John Stomas. Tell me if it should happen on Sunday. I said this this past Sunday, and I think I got somewhat of a response, at least according to my buddy Chris Franklin, who was on here with us Monday. He said he heard it in the press box the other night. I said, mark my words, Jalen Hurts will either get a tush-push touchdown or he'll throw a lengthy, important touchdown pass or he'll run in from however many yards he needs to run in, not push in, run in for a touchdown. He'll do one of those three for you. He did all three in mm -hmm. the game Sunday. And I was looking for the MVP chant from Eagle fans because they're willing to do it for Embiid at six games, and they're willing to do it for Harper at Phillies games. Well, the MVP of the NFL right now is Jalen Hurts. Why not serenade him so that the 49ers can hear it this Sunday if he makes that kind of play in the game? at the link will it happen sunday yes i think that will i, I think jalen's gonna have a good game i i think you know this both teams have had this game circled on their calendar um i think that it's gonna be an offensive game i really do um i, I think this eagles offense can move the ball on anybody uh it's i'm the offensive line i think we would all agree has not had the kind of year that we have seen them have the last couple of years, right? There's been some, some injury on the, on the offensive line a little bit. It hasn't been as effective in the running game, but now we're starting to see, especially again in the second half of games, them starting to exert their will a little bit more in the run game as the games go along. And I, I, I think there's, I don't think the Eagles are going to continue to have these slow starts in the first half of games. I will be very surprised if they come out and they're down at halftime again this week, or at least if they, they might be down at halftime, but they're not going to play so badly that they're getting booed off the field. And Jalen Hurts, I, I, I am not going to pick Jalen Hurts to have a down game or a bad game until he has one. He had one against the Jets a few, you know, two months. One bad game this year. He usually finds a way to get it done. And I've just stopped picking against the Eagles. I've just stopped. I'm not picking against yeah. the Eagles. I'm not picking against Jalen Hurts. That's not me being a go. homer. There's yeah. too much evidence to tell me that he's going to play well, that this team is going to play well. I don't know if that means they win. 
but they're going to play well. And so at the end of the day, I think, yeah, get, give me those MVP chance. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. At John Stolness, you're right. I mean, this is the glory days of Eagles football. I tell Eagles, man, enjoy it. I mean, this this shit doesn't happen. <laughs> it's it's so Patriots-like what we're seeing right now. How many how many games did we see in the playoffs where Tom Brady played like crap for like yeah. a half? Yeah. But then he just but then they just figured out they exert their will at yeah. a certain point, and you're just you look. How did the Patriots? How did they win? How did yeah. they win? That happened so much because it was just inevitable. Everybody felt it coming. That's what you're seeing with this Eagles team this year, and even going back to last year. Yeah, we all know this league's built on parody, dating back to Jody and I are old enough to remember Pete Rozelle. Parody, parody, parody. That's what yeah. they built this whole league on. 1950 is the last time. The Eagles have won 14 straight games against teams with winning records yeah. with Jalen Hurts, at quarterback. You got to go back to 1950 for people to think this happened. Oh, this, this is normal. Yeah. And that's why I say, you look, you have a bad half. You can't fire the offensive coordinator. They win every game. Uh, the, you don't fire people in that situation. But I do want to bring up one guy because we could be having a completely different conversation. I'll end it here at John Stolness on X, Twitter. Um, read John at, at uh, Bleeding Green with our buddy uh, BLG, obviously. Uh, and listen to him. Eye on the Enemy is the Easy Eagles podcast, Hitting Season is the Phillies podcast. Um, Jake Elliott, mm. Eagles fans might be in a panic if he doesn't make a 59-yard field goal in that weather on the open end of Lincoln Financial Field. For those who have been there, they know one the close side's easier. Mm. The open side, the wind swirls. Jake's talked about it for years. It gets really difficult. Oh, 59, crappy weather, bang. How good is Jake Elliott, John Stolness? He's our Adam Vinatieri. I mean, when you think about the Back kinds the of kids, Patriot comparison, very good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, that's just why there's so many parallels to me. It's like mm. if if you were, you know, if you had the Patriots in their heyday in that kind of a situation, and Vinatieri comes on to kick a field goal like that in that spot, he's going to make it. Like the snowball game against the Raiders. He, how did he make those kicks? He made them. Jake Elliott is exactly like that. He has made. He makes every kick under two minutes in an overtime. He had a huge kick in the super, uh, kick in the Super Bowl to put him up by eight. Huge kicks at the end of half. Huge kicks at the end of, uh, of regulation. Doesn't matter the distance. Doesn't matter the wind. Doesn't matter the rain. I mean, it's such a weapon. And I didn't, I mean, I should have figured it was going to go in. I, I did not think there was any way he was getting that ball. I didn't think he was making No that. way. No, no chance. No. And, he, and, and he does it. And he, he, like, he hit the ball on a line on purpose. Like, he purposefully hit the ball exactly yeah. the way it went through the uprights, knowing kind of what he needed to do in order to battle the open end and the wind and the rain and all that stuff. It is a trim. It's a cheat code, what they have with, with him right now. And uh, he he's ice water in the veins. He's, he's our Adam Vinatieri. You feel comfortable any situation putting him out there and letting him try a kick. It is, it is such a weapon to have. See, and I took the John Stolness mindset going into that one. I was on the air on CBS at the time. I said, He's going to make this because he does. <laughs> this is what he does. He makes these kind of kicks, and he did. So if we're not going to pick against the Eagles until they actually lose, I don't have to ask you to make a I learned my lesson on, <laughs> on Jake Elliott. But, uh, yeah. yeah. 
right. Uh, Jenny, yes, always a pleasure. Glad the voice is good, except for your internet interruption. You sound great. And we, we always appreciate your insight when you jump in with us, buddy. We'll get you back up in a couple of weeks. Thanks for jumping in today. Sounds good, guys. Enjoy the game. Leading the Nation, Eye on the Enemy podcast. You can get Stoneless elsewhere, but make sure you're in when uh, Johnny Stoneless hops on with us here on Birds 365. All right, McDonald McMullen coming back. Going to have a fun guest uh, next hour, too. Uh, we've had him on before. Clark Judge, longtime NFL writer, at one point was a San Francisco guy, 49er beat guy, national guy, Hall of Fame voter, podcast uh, for the Talk of Fame Network. Um, yeah, we still kind of cling to him as a 49er guy, even though he hasn't been a 49er guy for years. He goes back to Montana and young. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. So it was a while ago when he was a 49er beat guy, but he's got a good grasp on him, and he's got a great grasp on the entire National Football League. He's going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes. I got a couple more things I got to run by John. I'll do that when we come back here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. 
Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mac and Mac, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with you on Bird Street 65. Thank you much for tuning in. Uh, we'll put the Eagles aside. Two, two minutes, I promise. Aaron Rodgers' practice window opened yesterday for the New York Jets. So they got 21 days to decide whether he's going to come back or not going to come back. I've gotten into a couple on-air debates on whether it can happen, it should happen, it will happen, it won't happen. What do you think about him opening up his practice window? Well, I I think it's hey, it's amazing. Uh he he underwent some kind of new procedure um to repair the Achilles. So if it works from that perspective, you know, maybe that cuts down that what has been a pretty significant injury uh for everybody uh with this as you know, medical the medical world keeps evolving. So sure. that's number one. But number two, um, I don't know why you would push it unless they're in the playoff race. So they got to win some games at some point to get in the mix. And then I would entertain it um, if it's meaningful. If it's not meaningful, I'm not putting them back on the field. Uh, I, I mean, that's that seems crazy to me. Um, so, and I think that was the hope the entire time that the Jets would be able to persevere and get them back towards the end of the season and maybe make a run. Um, and I don't see how they're going to be in it. So um, that that to me makes the decision pretty easy if I'm the Jets. Okay. So uh, another one I'll be disagreeing with. That's cool. Um, if they are mathematically eliminated, if he's – ready to practice this week and not going to play this week. The next week of possibility, surely they are hoping, not no, but hoping that he can play two weeks from now. Uh, If they lose two more in a row, they might be mathematically eliminated. And if they're mathematically eliminated, yeah, I probably can't put them out there. But if they're still mathematically involved, as long shot as it may be, you need all these other teams to lose and you have to win out and all those things are in place where you go, all right, they're mathematically involved, but realistically, are they not? Um, I would play Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. For one, I, reason. I, I, one reason and one reason only. The Jets need it. They got a bunch of really good young defensive players on that on the other side of the ball that have just been beaten down this year because their offense has been so putrid that they are asked to be on the field for extended time every single week, week in and week out. If you think that Rodgers is coming back and going to lead you to something next year, you got to put it on the line this year. You got to give those guys something to work for during this offseason to believe, not in the ghost of Aaron Rodgers who may come back, but actually see Aaron Rodgers on the field. 
that I think it is worth the risk that he play to rally his troops, to give them something to believe in going into next year. That's why I say if Aaron Rodgers says, now, independent doctor, because the Jets doctor will say what the Jets doctors want them to say. I Sorry, I uh, am questioning a doctor's ethics, but yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. If an independent doctor clears him to play, and he's got enough clearance to be ready to practice, not contact, but at least practice, so if an independent doctor says, yeah, he should be capable of playing, I'm playing him this year if they're not mathematically Um, Yeah, yeah, we definitely disagree. I'm just looking at the standings because I wanted to make sure. So right now, and you know, you're a baseball guy, and everyone talks about not only if you're now nowadays it's a wild card, but, um, you know, you might be five games out and say you got to, you got to go on a hot streak, but you, but you know, if you're the next team in your five games out, that's a lot easier than if you got to jump over three other teams. Um, so I always look at that. How many teams you got to jump over? Well, there's, you know, the, the 12 teams out of the playoffs, they're ahead of the Patriots. That's it. They'd have to jump over. Indianapolis is the last team right now. They'd have to jump over the Titans, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Bengals, the Bills, the Broncos, the Texans. So mathematically, yeah, that that that's completely different. If the New York Times playoff predictors got you at three percent, you're uh, mathematically in it, but you're not in it. And I'm not going to risk Aaron Rodgers. And I get it; it's very difficult for the organization, and it's very it, it's it's a horrible season for their defensive players i'm with you 100 percent. it's got to be depressing it's got to be uh demoralizing it's got to be terrible but at the end of the day it, it, it's a lost season for a reason and everybody knows it's a lost season for a reason um should they have done a better job with the backup quarterback situation of course and maybe this has happened to a bunch of teams not just the jets because there's been so many quarterback injuries uh, Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, they're rolling out Jake Browning. It's awful. You've seen Minnesota. You saw Josh Dobbs. They lose their – it's awful. Um, it, 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 it happens to everybody. It's been more uh, egregious, more extreme with the Jets for two reasons. One, because Aaron's really good and, and Zach is really bad. Um, so I get the demoralizing aspect. But I don't care. Uh, I I, I got to protect the guy who's going to come back and hopefully uh, lease me up. And then the back end, Jody, the last thing you want, let's say it, it, it holds up. The Achilles holds up and we got this new miraculous uh, surgery and it becomes the new thing and it holds up and he plays great. Then he wins a couple games and you get a crappier pick on top of it. Don't care. Yeah, I, I no, I don't can't. care. I can't go. Let me ask you this. You you did a nice job running down the uh, standings in the AFC. Uh, Aaron Rodgers comes back, like you just said, looks pretty good, win a couple games. Um, who wins, Jets or Tennessee Titans? Uh, what, With Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback. If they were to play on week 18. If he's healthy? Yeah. Um, uh, depending on where Tennessee is, I would, I would say the Jets. Right. Uh, Chargers or Jets? You going with your guy Staley? Uh, well, I don't. Okay. I don't like. So Brandon they can get Staley past them. You're going to take the Vegas Raiders or the Jets 
in week 19. Yeah, but see, this is what I'm saying. And this This is is what I'm saying, and uh, apparently I'm not getting through to you, or we just look at it completely differently. Yeah, we look at it completely Who am I afraid of? On those list of teams that you just ran down, who do you go, well, they're not going to get by them because, A, the the, the record says, oh, and B, they're a better team. Who's better than the Jets? It's a a conglomerate. So things have to go up wrong for Indianapolis and Houston and Denver and Buffalo and Cincinnati. You're telling me one of these teams and Las Vegas and the Chargers and the Titans, you're bringing up the teams that the Jets play. Everybody, then people have to beat the other teams and nobody has to do everything wrong. When you have to jump over, and that's why I bring up the baseball, when you have to jump over that many teams, the odds of that happening, it happened to the Eagles making the playoffs. Remember the one year where six different things had to happen on week 18 and it happened and people bring that up. Yeah, but. The 90 other times, it doesn't happen. So I'm playing the odds. It's not right. going to happen. Right and here. I'm not going to risk Aaron Rodgers. And and and, and by, but by the way, I, I'm not even bringing up the guinea pig aspect of this. Again, hopefully this new procedure, and I forget the name of it. I'll, I'll look it up in the break. But it, it was a new type of surgery for repairing an Achilles. I don't want Aaron Rodgers to be the guinea pig. Maybe he wants to be the guinea pig, but I don't want him to be the guinea pig. I want some special teamer, uh, you know, who's the 53rd guy man on the roster being the guinea pig. I, I love the quote from one of our streamers here. Um, don't want Aaron Rodgers risking the rest of his career. What's the rest of his career? What are we talking about? Is Aaron Rodgers 28? He's going to be playing for another decade. He's halfway out the door no, anyway. I, I, I agree with that. Obviously, he's post 40. But it, you as a Jets fan have a chance. You know, Aaron's pretty much proclaimed he's coming back next year, uh, which was not a given. Um, I, I thought always that he would, but it wasn't a given. And now after going through the, the, the misery of this season, you want to risk uh, seeing him next season? I I I I, what, I think what, the Jets are are, are crazy. Here's something, if they put them here's out something there. I absolutely don't know the uh, answer to, but I would probably risk a a pretty good wager on what I think the results are. How often do you see re-injuries on the particular injury that he had? Uh, my my stance, without knowing, I'm telling you, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Very infrequent that when guys are cleared to come back and play, when they do come back. How often do you see guys, uh-oh, he screwed it, he's done again, that the next week, two weeks, three weeks. So you have to factor that percentage in as well. If it's unlikely to happen, we're just believing it can happen because guys get hurt. Well, everybody gets hurt. What's your favorite line about uh, injury percentage playing Can't in the National Football injuries. This is no, a no, no, nine. No. What's your uh, injury percentage if you're playing the NFL? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we all think along those lines. So, you can think along those lines here. But the truth is, guys don't re injure this injury after they have it. So, why well, would we run in fear of Rodgers? Two things about that it's typically a nine month rehab. And that's not typically the case. Uh, Brandon Brooks, right here. I mean, and, and usually. Um, sometimes, you know, when guys, cause Brandon, by the way, was, um, uh, quicker than normal, but his quicker was seven months versus, um, what Aaron's trying to do, which is just unbelievable. Um, 
So number one, it's always right. been did a not. Didn't didn't you live this once with Adrian Peterson? Uh, that was an ACL. But even so, with Adrian Peterson, uh, and he came back from a torn ACL. I think it was week 16 or week 17, very late in the season. And then he was the MVP the next year. Um, but it was a torn ACL. It wasn't Achilles. Right. But um, he, he came back months earlier than expected. Uh, not, not Well, if you think about December to uh, September, you know, nowadays ACL. And that's the thing. Right. Back then, ACLs yeah. were minimum six months, and he made it back in under three. Um, so it no. can't happen. No, he he made it back December to September. So he was he he got injured he got injured um at the end of the prior season in December. It was the last game or the second to last game. And then he came back for week one of the next season. So it was a long it was still a long time. And nowadays that's normal. Back then it wasn't normal, even though it wasn't that far. ACLs were a twelve month injury. They keep evolving. ACLs used to be 12 months. Now they're nine months. Right. Um, um, uh, Achilles used to be a year. Then they're down to nine months. And now people are trying to beat that. And Aaron's trying to go freaking, you know, I I don't want him to be the guinea pig. I, I don't. And maybe he wants to be the if guinea pig. If he wants to be the guinea pig, you let him be the guinea pig. Um, if you're still mathematically involved. I, I do. I, and, and the mathematical part, I mean, Again, three percent. You're mathematically uh, uh, involved, but that is not realistic. So, I don't. I don't think that should be a hard and fast rule. When you have that many teams, you got to jump over. Um, I'm just saying, my opinion. I wouldn't. I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk. I wouldn't yeah. risk Aaron Rodgers. If he and by the way, good, I want the pick on top of it, and good. I want the better pick on top of it. If C, you know, he says he's good and the doctor says he's good, then I got to let Aaron Rodgers. Well, play. his doctor's going to say he's good. So it depends who the independent doctor is. That's Obviously, the know. doctor trying to create this surgery, this new surgical procedure. Right. He's gonna, yeah. He's, he's being discounted. The Jet team doctor being discounted. If it's me, if I'm the Jets, if I'm Woody Johnson, I need an independent doctor to come in and give me an unbiased evaluation of should he be out there on a National Football League field. If the answer is yes, he plays. If the answer is no, he doesn't. Plain and simple. You put it all in the hands of an independent doctor and you let him make the call. That's how I would handle it if I were the Jets. IDs McMahon, I'm McDonald. We are the Mac and Mac guys. We need By to the get way, Speed to- Bridge. That's what it's called. Speed Bridge. Which you're right. If if Aaron Rodgers comes back and plays, it'll be cutting edge. Uh, all the NFL players going forward, shoot, all the sports players going forward, this will be revolutionary, and they will. Uh, uh, you talk about a doctor that could benefit from this. Yeah, I'm not letting him make the call because he'll become the new go-to surgeon for this procedure. No, it's got to be an independent doctor. McMullen McDonald here with Young Birds 365. We get back to Eagles and 49ers. Our buddy Clark Judge from Talk of Fame, uh, host and writer for them, uh, former San Francisco 49er beat guy is going to jump in with us. Clark Judge joins us here on Birds 365 next.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Johnny McDonald, John McMullen here with John Birds 365. Apparently, they have an issue because uh, are you seeing uh, Clark Judge in our waiting room there, buddy? I am not seeing not. Clark Judge. So I texted Clark 15 minutes ago and said, Listen, we're coming your way in 15. You good to go? He said, uh, Yeah, I got the, the, the link. Um, so I just texted him three minutes ago and said, Stream on in. And his response was, I'm in. Uh-oh. Uh, he is not in. He's not in as per our look at things. So we're efforting, but it's efforting to get Clark Judge. We are okay. efforting. Hopefully, Xander, Hopefully if you can, text him, email him, do whatever you have to call him, and see if uh, he somehow logged into something other than the link to be able to join Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. I don't quite know what the hell happened, but he said he's in. So he's he's linked in somewhere. What show he get? He could join Bill. He gonna be on the Power Hour coming up next here on the Jacob Media YouTube. I don't know, but we were hoping to get him on our show. So we'll see if we can uh, work our way around that and get him back involved. 
Oh, here we go. Here comes Clyde. Hi, there he is. I think yeah. we're just mere moments away from hearing mere from moments. Him. There he is. Clark yeah. Judge of Talk of Fame, longtime NFL writer, contributes 33rd team in his podcast. Uh, I test for two, also a must for NFL fans. How are you, Mr. Judge? Been a minute. How you been? Doing good. Thank you. Just got over about two weeks of a really bad cold, but I'm doing oh, okay. Man. Everybody's sick, Clark. Uh, our our first guest was sick, getting over a cold. Uh, yeah, glad to hear you're feeling better. Um, and it's a big week. I mean, for you, I, I you know, we're going to talk about the 49ers and obviously right. you have a long history, but uh, also semifinalist class. So we're, I'm always going to get in a question about that for the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well. But it's Eagles 49ers. We got to start that rematch of the NFC Championship game. A lot of bad blood between these two teams. Is it starting to get that feeling of, of an interconference rivalry you had back in the day with the 49ers and the Cowboys when they always seemed to match up in the playoffs? Yeah, you know, it is because that was the early 90s. I was there for that. And it was always one team that they singled out to beat. Yeah. It was Dallas. It was Dallas. So in 94, after losing two conference championship games, 49ers built that team. To beat Dallas, they brought in Dion. They brought in all new linebackers: Ken Norton, Gary Plummer. Uh, they got R Richard Dent. Uh, they had a host of getting Charles Mann. They brought all these guys on defense to shut them down, and it worked. They won the '94 um, NFC, and they won that um, Super Bowl against the four of that Chargers that season. But yeah, it's starting to. Now it's not there yet because we have what one conference championship yeah. game. Um, yeah. So uh, let's get a series of them. I mean, we had. <clears throat> three straight right there. And yeah. that was 92, 93 and 94. And it was very clear. Uh, they were the two best teams in the NFC. To me, it's very clear that these are the two best teams in the NFC right now. Um, I mean, someone else can emerge. I don't see who that team is at this juncture. Dallas? Um, if there's, no, no, I don't think no? so. Um, no. no, I mean, you, who's Dallas beaten? No, who's they, nobody. They, no, no, nobody. And so when they played winning teams, San Francisco crushed them. I yeah. actually thought they played pretty well against Philadelphia. I thought they pushed them to the mat and played pretty well. But Philadelphia has that every week, and they win. They know how to close. They know how to finish games. A lot of teams don't. And so um, I look at this game as the NFC conference preview. I mean, just championship preview. And I, and, and I think it's interesting it's in Philadelphia. So the 49ers will get a taste of what it's like to meet those fans. I'll remember, I'll just tell you quickly, I remember going back to Philadelphia in 19... 97 to 98, it was a Monday night game, I forgot, but I'm in the West Coast, go there, and um, it's a Monday night game, and the 49ers just killed them, and and I've forgotten what it was, but it was like a 20 or 30 point lead or something, about four or five minutes left in the game, and it was in the vet, and there are fireworks going on all over the place, um, the M80s, Roman candles, and I thought, what in God's name is going on here, so I go downstairs, and we go to the sidelines. We always used to go to the sidelines. About three minutes left in the game. You guys yeah. did too, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Standing there in those two minutes the left. Days, by the way. Those, those were the days. So we got there. Mariucci turns around and sees me. He goes, what are you doing here? I said, same thing I'm doing every Sunday. He goes, these people are crazy. Get out of here. We've taken some of our players off the field. He took them off the field because there were these rockets going over the team. And I think they ended up arresting something like 10 people after that game. But by, you know, by the second half, 
it, the decision was no longer uh, in doubt. So fans said, ah, I guess we're going to have some fun here, <laughs> you know, get another beer and have some fun. And um, that was the beauty of the vet. You could just take them downstairs. They had a holding yeah, cell. Yeah, that, that's right. They'd yeah. immediately arrest you on site. They wouldn't have yeah. to take you to a precinct if they, they had ever take for your Ever take either of you two guys? Ever take either of you never two? Got, never got No, never got taken. Never, no. never got me that either. bad. But yeah. yeah, but for people that talk about Philadelphia being bad now, and it's, you know, it's a really <laughs> difficult environment. Nothing like it was like at the bed. Oh, not even close. Oh, oh, no, that's right. I went to the first game that Terrell Owens played for Dallas when he came back to the vet. And I was in the parking lot outside. Well, it wasn't the vet anymore. It was that Lincoln Financial Field. But I was in the, the parking lot of Lincoln Financial Field. Wow. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on out there. I was, they were they were tossing TVs around and, and it was smashing them in a thousand pieces. I went, I've never seen this. They said people did this. said, you think this is bad? Come back about 20 years ago, okay? Yeah, when they're at the no, vet. I said, I went to games of the vet, but. The vet was another story altogether. And, oh, by the yeah. way, your three straight champions, uh, Cowboys uh, against the 49ers, Deion Sanders' uh, pass interference on Michael Irvin down the sidelines in that third one that the 49ers finally won. And it should have yeah. been called. It wasn't. Uh, but that Yeah, but, you know, it, the interesting thing about that game, and I've said this before, um, Troy Aikman's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The greatest game I ever saw Troy Aikman play was that game, and he lost because he kept getting knocked down, picking himself back up, throwing the ball, and he got clobbered. And at the end of the game, his jersey was – muddied i mean if you if you played it uh uh the stick in generally it was wet weather at that time because it was below yeah. um sea level and yeah. and the field was wet and guys were soaked in it and he played one of the gutsiest games i've ever seen and i thought you know what there's a warrior boy that that was a great performance by aikman great performance yeah. i i saw troy aikman get sacked by the eagles 11, <laughs> 11 times, times. Yeah. oh 11 yeah times one day. and they had a great shot of him on cbs at one point they had pulled him from the game because the eagles had won and he's just standing on the sidelines and blood is dripping off his chin and he's just staring out onto the field it yeah. just complain. I said, "Well, that's where the concussion started that day, which eventually oh, yeah. no, cost okay. him his career." The you know, it's funny, Troy Aikman. Since we're on a Troy Aikman tangent, he he created my hatred of fantasy football, Clark. <laughs> I because people used to tell me Troy Aikman stinks, and, and would look at <laughs> yeah. them, and I'm like, "I uh, all right, I it, 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 football's not a statistical. It drives me. That's where it started. That's that's where, where it started, started. and and yeah. we'll we'll get into this later. But I think that also has an impact on the Hall of Fame selections and the voting and everything. Yeah. But um, it, it's interesting, guys. After that '94 championship game, I'll never forget Carmen Policy, president of the 49ers, standing in the press box and saying, "Oh, uh, we're we're going to the Super Bowl. So glad about that." And I said, "Yeah, you know, Carmen, be playing the San Diego Chargers. You know, be you and the Chargers. What do you got to say about that?" And he goes. That game's going to be anticlimactic. This was the Super Bowl, and it caused all sorts of trouble because, you know, the Chargers going, hey, what? well, I'd cover the Chargers for 10 years prior to that. So if I knew any team better than the 49ers, it was the team they were going to play, and he was right. He was I mean, I knew that. Right. He was right. It was but very so, anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. funny. All right, uh, this week's game, Brock Purdy against Jalen Hurts. But before we get to Jalen Hurts, I ask you two questions in one. Number one, your opinion, who's the MVP of the 49ers? Oh. And number oh. two, the way the NFL votes. And there's, do you have an MVP vote anymore? No? I do. I do. do. Okay. So there's 49 others with you yep. and they have their own track record or whatever. And quarterbacks are quarterbacks and the like. Who's more of an MVP candidate? 
for that award, Brock Purdy or Christian McCaffrey? McCaffrey. McCaffrey changed the whole profile of that team. He changed. He was Rick. He's Ricky Waters in the 1990s. He's Roger Craig in the 1980s. I mean, Brock Purdy is able to do what he does because of all the options. But the most viable option he's got is Christian McCaffrey. He can run the ball. He can catch. He can block. He gives them an element they haven't had. And when they lost Ricky Waters to Philadelphia in 1995, you guys would remember that. Remember George Seifert saying he's invaluable. We can't replace him. And that was the case when they played the, the uh, first playoff game that year. Played Green Bay, and Green Bay beat them, even though the 49ers were favored and they were home. They beat them because they rushed three guys and Steve Young. They said, go ahead and run. We don't care. You're not going to run against us. They dropped eight guys in a coverage, and they, and they couldn't. So Christian McCaffrey changed everything for them. Um, Carolina Panthers did them a favor by trading him to them, and, and they're not, they haven't been the same ever since because they've really elevated themselves. He's got options, Samuel, Ayuk. Um, yeah. Kittle and, and McCaffrey, but McCaffrey's numero uno on that yeah. list. Yeah, um, he is a tremendous player. Not he's such a unique player. And and what San Francisco is able to do by sort of toggling him outside, they can put Debo in the backfield. That's right. no, no, right. Nobody else has that type of versatility. I mean, Kyle Shannon and uses it so well. But here's what I say about Brock Purdy, Clark, and a lot of people take this as an insult. I don't think it's an insult. I compared. I don't know if you're a basketball guy, but I used to cover the NBA. Women, women, women's basketball. UConn women. I love watching them. I love watching Caitlin Clark. Uh, Mo Cheeks was a great point yeah. guard for the Sixers. Eventually made yeah. the Hall of Fame. Old school point guard. Distribute, distribute <clears throat> to the stars. Julius Serving, Bobby Jones, Moses Malone, etc. That's what Brock does. It's not an insult. He's really good at it. But He's really people, good at. It. Why? Why do you think some people take that as an insult? He just. His job is to get the football mm -hmm. to the superstars. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, you mentioned while George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. There's nothing wrong with that. He's doing a tremendous job. But if you're the Chicago Bears and they won on Monday night and you're a bad football team and you need somebody to make a play, he's not the guy. He's not Why the guy. Is that yeah. an insult? Uh, it's it's not, but I think people associate that with a game manager, and a game manager yeah. has become an insult. So if you yeah. say that, you go, oh, you're saying he's a game manager. He's more than that. He can win you games. I, I wouldn't trust him to do it if he had to. You saw what happened when Debo Samuel went down. Suddenly, um, he was making mistakes that he hadn't before. But you're right. He gets the ball to the right people at the right time, and he's particularly accurate. Now, when Samuel was down, he made some mistakes. He wasn't as accurate. He got hit more, and and they weren't the same team. But they are now. And the addition of Chase Young really, really helps that defense. Now you've got bookend pass rushers. Who are you going to get? Who are you going to block? Who are you going to double team? They can get you from all angles. Um, I think they can be vulnerable in the secondary. You know, losing the safety was a huge loss for them. Big loss. But um, they're rolling right now. They're confident. They're not saying anything going into this week. I think that is a, a sign of a team that knows what it's up against. No longer yapping along. You know, last year they had a 13-game winning streak, I think, when they came into Philadelphia. Yeah. And, yeah. I th and I thought they were going to win. And I thought they would have won had Brock Purdy played. But um, but but anyway, um, I, I think they sense what, what's going on here. I think they sense the importance of this ball game. Here's where I'll come to the defense of Purdy. Uh, above <clears throat> and beyond system quarterback and game manager. Okay. No, no, he's not that. I'm, I'm trying, uh, Jody. I'm trying to say he's not a game manager. He can right. win games. He, he's not Trent Dilfer. Right. All right. I mean, but, and, but others, yeah, others, others call him that, and it annoys me when they do because I think he's so much more than that. Um, yeah. How would you 
come to the conclusion that someone is a game manager or a system quarterback? What statistic would you use? What would you look yeah. at and say, okay, this guy's a game manager, he's a system quarterback because check this stat. What would be that yeah, stat? For you? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think maybe you go at yards per completion or yards per attempt or whatever, but I, I wouldn't do that. I just kind of, I rely on the eye test. And I think you can tell if you're watching Trent Dill for quarterback the 49ers, which he did at one point, but quarterback the Ravens, and you watch Brock Purdy, you see this marked difference. I, I look at if, if all things – actually, what I do is look at the last maybe two minutes of a game. If you're behind, can he get you where you want to go? Can he win the game for you? And he's going to have to take it over. Josh Allen can do that, all right? Jalen Hurts can do that. Can Brock Purdy do it? He can. Jimmy Garoppolo could at times. And, and there was a game against New Orleans where he did win at the end. had made a pass to Kittle, and, and they went down the field. And, and yet, but he wasn't that kind of guy near the end. But he won a lot of games. So is, is Brock Purdy an, an uh, upgrade from him? I think he is. Can he win a game like this if he had to? I think he could. But I'd rather not put him in that position. Uh, yeah, I think Jimmy's the best example because, you know, he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, so he is. He, he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. They won a ton of games because I think they have a great system. They have a great roster. Kyle's, I think, the best play schemer in football, play designer. Um, they have all that, but he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy took him to the Super Bowl, almost yeah. took him to another Super Bowl. <clears throat> right. Um, and he's better than that. So I don't think it's an insult, but he's not. It's not. It's not. He's not Jalen Hurts or Josh. Allen. But let, let me let me give you hold on. Let me give you a stat. You just said I asked you to give me one. Uh, labored on it, but you said yards per attempt. Right? That would be a way to. If I just I threw it out there, but it, but actually I said more the eye test. Okay, putting the eye test aside, if we have to tie it to a stat, yards per attempt. Who do you think's number one in the NFL? Um, I, I think is it. Um... I'm I just I drawn is it the Washington well, quarterback? You, it's Brock Purdy and it's not close. He's it's number what? one it's, in the NFL. He's it over is Brock nine Purdy. yards per attempt to yeah. a second at 8.4. So there's a full yard between him and anybody else, but somehow a stat where you would really think a guy could prove that he's more than a system quarterback or a game manager yards per attempt. He's number one. Now, what I would look at different than you, Clark would be yak everybody talks about yak all the time yards after catch oh he just puts it out there and then debo and Ayuk and kittle and mccaffrey make the do you know who the number one quarterback in the nfl is in uh, adding yards because of yards after catch i'm just gonna guess brock purdy no <laughs> patrick mahomes he yeah. is number yeah, one. His receivers <clears throat> add more yards after the fact. So does anybody ever say well, Patrick Mahomes is a system quarterback or a yeah? A, a, yeah but you're trying, I, and I'm gonna, and Clark can defend himself. But he said more so the eye test. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Clark. I, I would say football is not a statistical game. Like Jody, you want to put a statistic on it. Look, if Brock Purdy could have won one game, even one game. Without Trent Williams and Clark, well, I think tell you, that's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and Debo Samuel, I'd say, all right, you know, they persevered. You got to win right. one of those three games. Yeah, now, right. when you have Trent Williams and you have Christian McCaffrey and you have Brandon Ayuk and you have all these guys in Kittle, he's doing a great job, but you also have to realize that's not the same as having uh, nobody's. And he's getting. Yeah. That's why I make the Mo Cheeks comparison. Well, that, and that's also why I, I've for years would defend. You don't need to defend this guy, 
But I, I would come to the rescue of Tom Brady when people say, well, well, I mean, look, they're playing an easy division. I go, who's he playing with? You want to tell me the great players that he's surrounded by on offense? Tell me the great receivers on Tom Brady on offense. You say Randy Moss? He didn't yeah, win a he didn't win Super Bowl, Randy Moss. He no, I look at 2000, but he didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, look at 2006. He had Gabriel and Rashad Caldwell as his wide receivers, and he got to the conference championship game. He had really had no great players around him, but he was a great quarterback because he elevated everybody. And I think in this in this group, Jody, and I'm not I'm not I don't disagree with anything you said. I mean, with numbers and everything, but I don't rely on numbers. And I, as much as I do impact, and, I, and that's a big deal for me when I get in these Hall of Fame discussions, when they talk about receivers and, and numbers and yards, and I go, wait a minute, what about impact? Could, could I get 20 yards and catch playing, you know, in, let's say, Jacksonville 10 years ago when we're losing 40 to 10 in the fourth quarter and nobody cares? We want to just get the game over with. Yeah, those numbers are going to look good. Can I be an accumulator? Yeah, I could be. But what happens when the game's on the line two minutes ago? Two minutes left in the first half, you're behind. Two minutes to go in the, in, the, in the end. And a general manager I respect greatly told me the mark of great quarterbacks is how they perform at the end of ball games when they have to win. Can they drive a team the length of the field? And that's how I define it now. And, and, and I wouldn't call him a game manager. I think he's somewhere in between there. We're trying to define somebody who's in his second year of starting. Yeah. I think it's remarkable what he's doing. It's remarkable. The last player taken in the draft. Um, so I love the story. I don't want to label him as anything other than a really lucky pick for the 49ers, who's turned out to be a great story. And, oh, by the way, to John stating the three losses, he, he drove them down the field and got him into very makeable he did. field goal range. He did. Missed a field goal. A right. quarterback shanked the kick. Right. That's right. not on Brock Purdy. That's, that, that's, that's right. Not that's correct. You can hang on Purdy. No, no, that's correct. No, that's and correct. That's right. Bengals, who have not been the same <laughs> offensive team, and Burrow was there. The defense gave up 31 points. Well, there's context yeah. to everything. We're just talking about Jake Elliott making a 59-yard field goal last week with the Eagles in ter terrible weather on the open end at Lincoln Financial Field. And if he misses that kick, which he should have by all accounts, um, we're having a different discussion with the Eagles. People are starting to panic a little bit with the 49ers coming in. But that's the thing about Jalen Hurts. We'll shift to Jalen Hurts. Clark. You've been around a long time. Mm -hmm. This guy's won 14 straight games against winning opponents. Um, hasn't happened since at least 1950. That's where we are. In a league defined, as you know, by parity. This stuff doesn't happen uh, often in this league. And, and some people will pick at Jalen Hurts and say, there's not enough passing touchdowns. We Again, we go back to the statistics. Uh, is it just hard for people to accept the intangible nature of this game? Yeah, I think it is, especially in the society of analytics that we're living in. I mean, everything is dissected. It drives me crazy in baseball. I mean, I, I'm a baseball fan. I love it. Baseball is so easy to understand. It's so easy. And yet we try to complicate it as much as possible. You know, launch angle, um, uh, exit velo, all that BS and I've got all you got to do is, is hit the ball where nobody is and score more runs. It's a beautiful game that they're trying to complicate. And the same thing, you know, with football, I get a lot of these uh, and we'll get in discussions about what did a guy do when he ran left? What about when he ran right? How about inside the hash? Outside? I don't care. I just want the guy who can get to the end zone. I, I want the guy who can win the ball game for me. And, and, you know, a lot of people, 
um, dismiss the one loss record of quarterbacks and, 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 that, and a lot of guys that respect actually dismiss them. I'm, I'm one, one of them. them. I, I think it's a big deal. It's, uh, you know and what? I think it's a big Mark, deal with pitchers in baseball. I'm, uh, I'm actually one of them, but when you get the extreme, uh, then I start to pay attention. In other words, so many things. You can win a football yeah. game so many ways, but when you win consistently, like I was always say, Peyton Manning to me is the most consistent regular season quarterback I've ever seen from week to week. Um, Indianapolis in that run, you could go into the season in September and say a bad season for them is 10 wins and they were going to win. Yeah, That was a bad season. They were going to win 12 or 13 every single year. And to have that kind of consistency, that to me means something. Tom Brady would be the other notable example recently. Just keeps winning, winning, winning. Now Jalen Hurts keeps winning, winning, winning. Then it becomes meaningful to me. But when people like to criticize good quarterbacks, like Matthew Stafford in Detroit, I'm, 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 I'm Kirk Cousins, I think, is a great quarterback. Everybody disagrees with me. He can't win on Monday night. He can't do this. No, he's not a great quarterback. But I've always defined Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins as they're probably better than your quarterback because they're really good um, in a league where it's really difficult to win. But they're not Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and those guys who were set themselves apart. Yeah, and 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 Jody, going back to what we were talking about earlier, just about defining quarterbacks. This is what I, I would remind you about numbers and 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 not getting um, too attached to them. When, when Tom Brady came out in 2000, I'm talking about when he was draft eligible in 2000 out of Michigan, 49ers worked him out because they work out their local kids. Well, he was a local kid because of San Mateo. So he comes in, he desperately wanted to join that team and wanted them to draft him. They drafted two quarterbacks that year. And as you know, Tom Brady wasn't one of them. They took Gio Camazzi in the third round and, and Brady was there. Um, but, yeah. um, but when I asked Mariucci later and Greg Knapp, God rest his soul, who was the quarterback's coach, they worked him out. And I said, what do you remember? He goes, it was a 45-minute workout. We timed him. We, we looked at the passes. We, you know, the, we, we did all the, the, the tangibles. Nothing jumped out at you. And Mariucci said, that's because we didn't know what was inside of him. What drove that guy? And what drove him was he wasn't going to lose. That's what drove him. That's what made him a great quarterback. And John can talk about Peyton Manning, I'd say Tom Brady's just as you know, great a regular season quarterback, the best postseason quarterback ever that in modern era. Um, but um, you look at what made them, John Unitas, I'm old enough to have watched John Unitas. I didn't cover him, but I watched him. And what was remarkable to me about him was he had the game on the line. When the game's on the line, whom do you trust? Do, do you trust Unitas? Or do you trust uh, Roman Gabriel? And I'm not knocking Roman Gabriel, but Roman Gabriel had a great career. Um, yeah. Do you trust somebody, you know, somebody who wasn't at his level? You trust Unitas because he knows how to get you there. And that's when the, the 49ers talked about in the uh, Super Bowl against Cincinnati, when the drive from, what, 98 yards, when 97, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and, and Montana gets in the huddle and goes, we're going to do it. Come on, here we go. And that's what the John yeah. Candy story. They were relaxed because they knew. This is a great story. Yeah, There's John Candy. They knew he could do it. And when these guys look at a guy like like Jalen Hurts, they know he can do it because he has. And I think with Brock Purdy, they're getting that now in San Francisco. They look at him and say, okay, 
we can do it. But, uh, you know, let's let's get a little more than a year and a half under our belt here with Jalen Hurts. Wasn't that long ago, guys? You and I were trying to dissect oh, him. Yeah. And what's wrong with this guy? All right. Yeah. And, and oh, now yeah. he can't lose when you can't lose like that. Peyton Manning couldn't lose. Tom Brady couldn't lose. Matthew Stafford, one of the toughest quarterbacks I've ever seen and a really accomplished and talented, played on bad teams in Detroit. Well, they, you know, that wasn't his fault. But whatever, for whatever reason, they couldn't get ahead of themselves. With with Kirk Cousins, I do I, I do have a problem with Kirk Cousins because I do find whenever the big game comes, the big moment comes, whatever re- for whatever reason, he can't close it. He can't. And I thought he was going to do it, John, in that New Orleans game when they beat the Saints down there and, and Drew yeah. Brees is quarterback. You know, this is going to launch him. It didn't. You know, it didn't. So there's something that we can't measure, John, Jody. There's something we can't measure, and that's inside these guys. I saw it with... With uh, with Joe Montana, saw it with Steve Young, and it's definitely saw it with Brady. It wasn't that close to Peyton Manning, but obviously he's got it. And yeah, that's that's very fair. And I test as I test. You're telling me that Brady didn't pass the eye test for the 49ers, so yeah, that's yeah. well, okay. well, in that work, but in that workout, I, I in that workout, and fail too. So no, in that workout, in that workout, in that workout, but they were. It was 45 minutes. The ability to have Brady, right? It, yeah. it was a 45-minute workout. When they watched him for a season, they go, uh-oh, we missed it. We missed it. And they admit it. We missed it. We blew it. My point yeah. is both so the numbers and else. the eye test can be dead-on accurate, or they both can be infallible. Um, and yeah, I but if, if, if the numbers are so accurate, what happened with Trey Lance and what happened with Zach Wilson? You know, um, Trey Lance I, played, I, played against high school kids. Come on. Yeah. Uh, and the 40 well, and, and to Clark's point, nice sample, not my point. And, and to Clark's point, I actually agree with you. There's something that that um, and I don't want to put Jalen in that category yet because he's still too young. But when you talk yeah, about a Tom right. Brady, there's something inside that drives him as a as a uh, competitor that generally surpasses everybody else. Um and somebody like Kirk Cousins, even Matthew Stafford, doesn't have that. You know, Matthew eventually – now, you know, most people don't have that. Um, but then when you start talking about – if you look at Tom Brady at Michigan, well, he's, you know, splitting time with Brian Greasy. If you're looking at Joe Montana and Notre Dame, he was last on the depth chart. And, you know, eventually – I think won the Cotton Bowl or something, but he wasn't a great quarterback you know, with spectacular numbers. Well, yeah, but he won the Cotton Bowl and a great comeback. Yeah, it was a great. Yeah. They saw something there that yeah. that resonated with, and they yeah. saw. Us. And and I'll tell you, the guys around—at least I knew the guys around Brady and the guys around Manning because I talked to them all the time. They told you what they did was they elevated the rest of the team. And with Brady, I saw it yet. Some pretty ordinary players, some really good players, but elevated everyone. And and Manning was the same way because they yeah. they just in, it, yeah. it basically said, you're coming up to my level. All right. You're going to come up to my level. You're not going to play with me. And now you see what's happened with New England when Brady's gone. They make the stupid mistakes. They commit the stupid penalties. They do the fumbles. They, they do things that they weren't doing when Brady was there. Is that a function of Belichick or is that a function of Brady? I don't know. But when I know all I know is about Brady. They're doing things they never did before. Aaron Rodgers, who I think personally is the most gifted quarterback I've ever seen, ever. You ever see ever. John Elway? You ever see John Elway? I, I have seen John. I think Aaron Rodgers, I always say, Clark, when he was at the top of his game, uh, nobody has ever played the position better than Aaron Rodgers. Just my opinion. Um, but he's only, he, he, he doesn't have something. Um, yeah, that's and what is the in conference championship games? What one and four? Yeah, 
Yeah. And, uh, um, and so, I mean, people say that's unfair. Well, at some point, you know, I think if you're a team, you're looking, going, can, I mean, what, what are we doing here? With that game against Tampa Bay in the playoffs, he could have won that game because Brady went south in the second half. Remember, he threw a couple interceptions. Yeah. They, had a, they had a third and goal where he could have run it and Rodgers could have run it. He threw the ball and threw it incomplete. Oh, then he, they, he should have won every championship game he was in. I mean, they were typically the better team uh, because I, but uh, um, to your point, there's something missing. It, as great as he yeah, is, right, right, right. there's something missing. All right, so here's my final point. Do we have any idea whether Purdy has it or not yet? <laughs> do we have um do we yeah, I think we've got it. We even declare that he he has it or he doesn't have it. I, I think it's fair to declare that he's got it. Yeah. I mean we've got enough of a so but he's I mean more than a system quarterback. Oh, oh yeah, more yeah. Than oh absolutely a game manager. So anyone yeah. who describes him as either a system quarterback or a game manager are doing him a disservice in your and, and he, but the reason I say that, Jody, is first of all, he's won a lot of games. He's secondly he's young. He's only gonna get better, right? That's what we think. He's only gonna get better. He should. In that system, he's only gonna get better. Um so uh, I, I think that's fair to say, yeah. And and, and Jalen Hurts, I mean, the, the record speaks for itself. That's why it's so tough for me to believe that Philadelphia is an underdog going to this game at home with that yeah. record, with that yeah. quarterback. Um, and that's that's no all you style need. No points, Clark. No style points. And that's all you need to get that team going and, then, and get the players going and get those fans going. All right, Clark, <laughs> last thing. And, again, we're going to get you back on talk more Hall of Fame, but this was important that we need to go Eagles 49. Get me fired up now, Jody. Get me fired up. I'm staying here for a couple hours. <laughs> I wish we could if we didn't have to get off. Um, last time Hall of Fame, you educated me on Buddy Parker. I recognized the name, but I didn't know of his accomplishments. And you came on here and said, we're not giving this guy enough to. And sure enough, Buddy Parker gets in. It's like, that Clark Judge has got influence. We got to listen to him. We got to pay attention. Why the hell isn't Eric Allen the Hall of Fame? He's on the final 25 again. It took me forever to talk people into Klecko. I wanted him elected like his first time. And he finally got in. They've been passing on Eric Allen forever. Your opinion on whether he should or shouldn't be in, and if you believe that he is a Hall of Fame level player, what are you going to do about getting him in? Well, he's a semifinalist, so he's at one of the 25 semifinalists this year. So now he's got a chance. And if you look at the board, and you can start figuring this thing out, we had 10 guys who didn't get in finalists last year who didn't get in, right? Because 15 finalists, five get in, that means 10 didn't get in. So you move them to the next year, right? Except we don't have 10. One of the 10 guys was Albert Lewis, who was a senior, who's now a senior. He was in his last year of modern eligibility. Okay, okay, he's gone. So those nine guys you assume are going to return, and they will. Um, okay, now look at the first-year eligible guys. Only two guys. Julius Peppers. Right? Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers and Antonio Gates. Jared Allen out. Uh, right so Julius Peppers, Eric Allen. Uh, Julius Peppers, <laughs> Antonio Gates. Those are two. Okay, both those guys, in my mind, probably are going to be first ballot guys because – Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's not – I don't think it's that strong a class, guys. I, I, I There's some classes you go, whoa, it's just loaded. I think they could be. I, well, Julius Peppers will be, and I think Gates would be. Okay, now you look at their, their three openings. Jared Allen, I think, would be one of them. We're going to do at least one wide receiver because we're trying to break up that gridlock. Um, so there's a, there's a spot that's open. Eric Allen, to me – and, and I, I just gave you nine returning finalists, two first-year uh, eligible guys. That now leaves four spots for finalists. Eric Allen, in my mind, is going to be one of them. All right. Okay. So that's what you have to do. You have to become a finalist first. That's my opinion. It's not, I haven't talked to anyone else. 
I just sort of sense what's going on. I think he'll be one of them. Um, and um, I'm trying to think of a couple of the others, but um, I think Eric Allen will be. I personally feel is if Heinz Ward should be one. I've been on that rant for a long time, but he's not going anywhere until one of those three finalists, a wide receiver, disappears. So you've got an opening now for four people. I think Eric Allen, there's honestly, so, yeah, is, there's so many is, receivers with. Uh, but I, John, I that's really, the problem. Yeah. And it goes back to what Jody was talking about earlier. Numbers. They all have yeah. them. They're inflated numbers. So it's got to be impact. Who had more of an impact than Ions Ward? Who had more? And, and, yeah. and he's one of six wide receivers. But he's stuck as a semifinals until something happens ahead. So who are you going to put forward? Andre Johnson? Reggie Wayne? Torrey Holt? I think it's going to be Andre Johnson. It's my guess. And then we may do two. But I think, Jody, to answer your question, I think this is the year. My feeling, my feeling, I'm one of 50 that Eric Allen is moving forward. I'm voting for him as a finalist, and I can tell you that right now, but I think others will. Right, well. We got two. We know Damo's voting for and, him. So and feel, yeah. feel free to make the argument about all we debate about is wide receivers. Well, who the hell has got to stop the wide receivers? Eh, the guys are allowing all those guys to put up all those massive numbers. Didn't happen when Eric Allen covered you. So, uh, that's yeah, no, because well, well, the game doesn't allow it. I mean, the game's changed so much. You know, it's, it's yeah. a horizontal passing game, and if you breathe on a quarterback, you get flagged. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And uh, and well, nobody crosses the middle at their own risk. You remember? I mean, I, I with Jack Tatum. And, oh, I forgot to talk about that. Damn, I I'm disgusted. We have to leave. I wanted to. Tom Brady went off on the Stephen A. Yeah, I, I, about yeah, that's always. And said. he said that before. But I love on Tom because I've been saying it for years, Clark. This is not an aesthetic product. You can say it's compelling. And, uh, you know, there's always. Did you watch the Monday night game? Oh, my God. It's terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. Chicago just threw another another bubble screen right now. I know. I I just. And and the Thursday Thursday night games haven't been any better. Um, But I I thought what what, um, Alex Smith said, and I know you guys are going to run, but Alex Smith, twofold, what he said, one is that, wait, how long has been Brady out of the game? One year, so it's changed that much in one year. That was valid, yeah, that, but then when he, no, but he but, said but, but then he was playing Clark. He said the same. thing no, I know. I, I, but but when Alex Smith knocked him on, oh, he played in what the worst division ever in football. Wait, 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 wait a minute. First of all, uh, the AFC West is no great division right now, um, and there the there are plenty of others that you can you point to, and 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 yet Tom Brady when he was outside that division, how did he do? He did okay, actually. Yeah. You know, he, how do you do in the Super Bowl? He did okay. So don't go knocking his competition. He has nothing to do with that. He plays in the division he plays in, and he tries to beat him because he's supposed to, and he did. Yeah. I, I just love, and we got to go. Thanks, Clark Judge. Tremendous. As no, always. I'm staying on, guys. I, listen, yeah, I'm talking. Just continue to talk. I've ordered out. They're 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 delivering for lunch. They're delivering lunch. I love it. it, It's not it's not the defensive player's responsibility to protect the offensive player. You have to start uh, teaching these guys the fundamentals to protect themselves. You you can't say defensive player protect the offensive player. I love as an offensive player. I love Tom Brady said that. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I agree. I just love watching him play. And then I, I don't sometimes I don't like listening to what he says because some things are a little bit off, but I thought he had a lot of things that were absolutely right about this. Yeah, we could we could go on for another hour and a half about concussion lawsuits. Low let's let's that's why the game is Jody. Good. Come on. Unfortunately, we got another show coming up here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. So we have to say thank you very much, Clark Judge. We will get you on again next month. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Clark.
That's Clark Judge from Talk of Fame. Uh, come back. Yeah, I, we I, I, just... have, I, Clark, I love Clark. He, he always gets me going. Right. I love history stuff. He's great at it. I, yeah, I get going. All right. Uh, Xander, you're going to tell me um, quickly, uh, that, 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 do we want to just uh, wrap this bad boy up? Because uh, we are wrap late. It. That's he what said I wrap it. Yes, That's I figured as much. That's our fault. Sorry, Xander. Yes. Uh, no, it's not our fault. It's friggin' Clark Judge's fault. He's too good when he comes on. How dare he be as good as he is? Love Clark. Uh, thank him. Thank you, Johnny Mac. You're back in 22 hours. They're going to actually practice today? Uh, they are. So okay. big day. Big You're practice. Sure? You sure it's not a walkthrough? I am sure. Okay. All right. Actual practice for the Eagles today. And McMullen will be back here with me tomorrow in two and two to talk about it you've been listening to birds 365 the destination for the passionate eagles football fan who bleeds green if it's eagles football we're talking about it debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region we hope you enjoyed the show we know we had a blast make sure to like comment and subscribe and we'll be back soon but in the meantime hook up with us on social media at jacob sports see you next time on birds 365 <laughs>